0: I was more nervous at this point than I have been all year shooting a turkey, and I—you th- <laughs> well, could hear that. Oh my gosh, so you hear man! The heart he was breathing. Too? Oh, I could
1: hear everything. It was this, to the up to this point, it was probably the most intense hunt that I've been behind the camera on. Wow. Just because, I mean, you think about what we're doing in this moment for him, what's going on in his head. I mean, this is closing the chapter on a yeah. on a pretty awesome book, so. All right, welcome to the 8th in Time podcast. This is episode number 11. I've got Austin Pellegrino and Justin Hill in the room with me, and I know me and Austin are just super excited to be sitting here talking to the legend himself, (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Justin Hill, who completes his first Grand Slam in under a month. 28 days he left out. Uh, It was March 16th, and he completes his slam by April 13th. Uh, Four different states thousands of miles um a whole lot of time away from you know your job from your family from your wife um from us a, each one of us being a part of it um but man we are so excited for you congrats it's a huge notch in the belt i know it's one of your bucket list items that you got to check off and uh to kind of like for us to have it on film is awesome but for you uh, to have that on film you'll have that for the rest of your life so congratulations man we're so excited Let's freaking dive right in. Um, let's just make it you know nice and recent right here. We were just in La Vida, Colorado, with our buddy Philip Sharp chasing down the Merriam's turkey.
0: Well, guys, I appreciate it, and I absolutely could not have done it without without y'all being there, without y'all support, and uh, you know for encouraging me throughout the whole process. Uh, like you said, it has been it's been a crazy twenty eight days. You know, coming back to work for three days and then leaving out again on a Friday and coming back on Monday, not just at work. You know, my wife's pregnant and you know, trying to help out as much as possible. Uh, but it has been an absolute blast. Uh, like you said, it has been thousands of miles. Uh, we did fly to Colorado, and I'm so thankful for, the, <laughs> for that. That 28-hour drive was was going to be rough, you but know, uh, I'm, glad, I'm glad we able to, were able to make it work out. Uh, like you said, March 16th, I was in Dade City, Florida. And I ended up killing on opening day down there, luckily.
1: Um, and then after that... For those that want to do the math, that's 681 miles from home one way. <laughs> opening day. So that's, that's that was bird number one. That
0: was, that was number one. Uh, we were able to kill two, or we, I had a tag for two, but wasn't able to punch that second tag. And then the next weekend I was in Alabama, um, hunting. Um, so was it? Yeah, was that next?
1: Yeah, yeah. It was the next weekend. No,
0: it was it was the, following, the weekend. following weekend. Yeah, following weekend. I was in Alabama for a turkey tournament with uh, Whit Winford, with Logic Hunter, and killed an eastern there. Then he came home that Sunday, killed an eastern here. That's right. And then um, last weekend, Austin and I were in Texas, Colleen, mm-hmm. uh, Texas, where he was stationed and. And I was working, killed one uh, opening day. Or no, it wasn't opening day, but it was our first day of hunting. Right. It was that Saturday morning. Only bird that we saw in this whole state of Texas. Uh, we killed him at like 7.01 that morning. Yep. And then it rained. I'm talking rained the rest of the two and a half days we were there.
1: And again, for those that want to do math, that's 827 miles from home. <laughs> one way.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, it's a, a good little drive. It's a good little poke, about 12 and a half hours. Uh, luckily Austin split that up with me as far as drive time. And then Grant and I left on Friday morning. Was it Friday morning? Yeah. We left Friday morning at about 445, headed to Colorado, caught that red eye.
1: Yeah, yeah. For those that <laughs> want to do math on that one, that's twelve hundred and seven miles. Thank goodness, ninety-seven percent it of that's in the air. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we landed in Denver, Denver, and drove
0: down to uh, Big Bone Outfitters in La Vida uh, Philip Sharp is one of our good buddies. Um, he he's from right here. In Franklin went to Father Ryan, and uh, you know we we reached out to him. I was going to go to Oregon, but come to find out they didn't have Merriams I thought it was but it was ended up being Rio's so uh, we reached out to Philip, and he said man I've got a bunch of birds y'all come on out here and man was he right we pulled into the driveway and there's birds strutting like down in the big bottom This me- they call them meadows this big meadow right there behind the house and I was like man you talk about a good sight <laughs> right there <laughs> you know never being out there didn't know so uh, I mean I trusted Philip when he said I've got plenty of birds, uh, and and he did. There was um, there was a plethora
1: of birds for sure. Um, so I yeah. mean, you you're talking about the birds. The thing that made me the most excited was just sitting there looking at the the overall scenery that you've got. I mean, to turkey hunt with that backdrop that they have there at his outfit. It's the Spanish Peaks uh, just yep. outside of La Vida and it's just gorgeous. I think. You can see the tree line and where it stops. I think you said the peaks are at like right at thirteen five. Is that yeah. what it is? Yeah, something Dang. like that. So
0: you can, you can see the tree line on the mountain, which is about eleven five and snow capped mountains right there in the background. Literally you open up the back door and that's what you see every morning. So I got a question about that.
1: So yeah. Jim gets to go to Florida. Grant <laughs> gets to go to Colorado, <laughs> and I had to go to wonderful <laughs> <laughs> <to go to laughs> Colleen, Texas. <laughs> <laughs> Had to go. What are you talking about? You got. You got to. No, know. I got to go. I was happy to go. I was thinking about that. You just sent me pictures. Like, oh, dang, I was just sitting clean. Yeah, just, that make, uh, we should have. We probably should have swapped that up a little I, bit.
0: I just. Did, I didn't want you to forget what prickly pears look like. <laughs>
1: yeah. No. You just wanted me to go to my old stomping grounds. Like, that's right. I got I to go I, bow
0: fishing though. So I'm I not know happy. how you are with unfamiliar places. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I
1: just wanted you to feel like at home. At home. Yeah, I was comfortable. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we should have looked at that and maybe swapped that up. Well, you <laughs> know, kind of like next Joe year, Dirt. hey, thanks for taking me to the fair I was already at. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, I mean, when this whole process started, you know, us planning this, yep. it was, uh I didn't have a whole lot of time to plan. It was mm-hmm. like, hey, look, these are the four weekends that I can make work. Yep. And... Whether y'all go or not, <laughs> luckily I would love to have y'all there. But if y'all go or not, I am still going because this is pro- I probably won't have this no, chance for uh, a, wi- a while. Yeah, and uh, I've tried several years, but it just never worked out. So luckily, it all panned out, and you know we were able to split it up between the three of y'all. That yeah. was absolutely well, we were happy to support amazing. Us, on it.
1: So yeah, we so we flew out Friday morning, got up. Um, Got into Denver, got got the rental car. That was a process in and all of itself. <laughs> oh God! Yeah, that was a that was a process. Had a yep. truck. Long story short, had a truck reserved. There were some issues um, with the reservation, and ended up driving a standard sedan <laughs> with our bags loaded. It, it, in worked, it so, so your just bags did make up. it there. No, you were worried yeah, about it. Yeah, bad bags made it. Um, so all that happened. We ended up driving. The drive actually, I actually enjoyed the drive in just because yeah. it kind of gives you a minute to kind of. Catch up because I do feel like sometimes when you fly into places, it's like you like rush there or something. I don't know how to explain it, it's just how my body feels. So, to drive in, stopped at Cabela's, of course. Walked around in there, it's dangerous. <laughs> well, how it's
0: you dangerous. Colorado, you got to have your license printed.
1: So, we had to stop by Cabela's okay. or, or Bass Pro. Yeah. Yep, so got all that done. Um, and then to uh, Levita, it was from there. Uh, stopped in, grabbed some of the last essentials there, and uh, actually, we stopped in. Waldensburg I think is what it was. Yeah. And so that was our last little stop and then got to pull into camp.
0: Yeah, their camp, their lodge is about right between what is it Watersburg?
1: Waldensburg
0: Waldensburg and Levita. Okay. Uh but their address is Levita.
1: Yeah. Um yeah, so right right between those and then like I said just pulling through there what was amazing we we got off the the main road and we're driving down essentially their country road, the their dirt roads there and uh at first we're kinda like, hey, these this is huntable ground. Yeah. I remember just being like, Yeah, hey, this is this is huntable ground. And I was like, We still got six miles to go, buddy. The terrain can change a lot. And then I remember kinda coming around a corner and that's when we start seeing those Spanish peaks snow capped and we're like, Oh man, I hope we're not up there. Oh man, I hope we're not up there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Talk about snow capped. So last week, you know, Colorado got a blizzard on like Wednesday and Thursday. Mm-hmm and so we were worried about that. I've never hunted turkeys in the snow, but when we landed, you know, there were still snow piles everywhere off the sides of the roads that were taller than I was. And um, it was about, um, I think it was about it was about 35 when we touched down somewhere in there. That's crazy. So we went all the way to La Vida and, and it was pretty that day. And then yes, the next morning they were calling for snow. The morning we were gonna hunt, open the morning, and I think it was, like, 27, windshield of, like, somewhere right in there, 25-ish.
1: Yeah, it was cold, man. That first morning that we hunted, it was cold. It wasn't as cold as the next couple of days, but it was still cold.
0: <laughs> yeah, so, you know, we were praying that it wasn't going to snow and woke up. It was clear, a little windy, but, you know, overcast. Uh, the snow was definitely coming. And
1: uh, we got— In terms you know, of full days of hunting, that ended up being one of the better days, Of full days that we uh, had yeah, to hunt. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Yeah, we'll get into the other days here yeah. in a minute yeah. about the weather, but, um, you know, Philip just said, hey, let's just get y'all just go down this bottom. He was actually had some other people in camp um, Ashley and Wes, aka Indy.
1: Yep, Mr. Indy. <laughs> if you're listening to Indy, howdy. <laughs> now, why is his name Indy?
0: I can't I can't call you what, what we used to call you right now.
1: <laughs> so, Indy, uh, he actually ended up buying a hunt at an NWTF banquet. Um, I think in Indianapolis or in Indiana, where he, wherever he was at, but he's from Indiana, so he got the nickname Indy. Gotcha. Was the, his first
0: okay. name is just too hard for us to remember. It was West. Yeah, that's really hard. <laughs> You're out West. The guy's name's West. You just don't want to that's, confuse that's things. Rough. That's rough. <laughs> that was hard to remember. Um, so yeah, Philip was taking Indy on. There's this dirt road. He was taking him on down the road. Well, the night before road.
1: we had we, we had drove around and, and done a little bit of scouting, also just kind of hanging out, catching up. Like I said, we we were happy to be there with Emily and Philip. So we actually got to see the roost. Philip was pretty familiar, obviously. Those are his birds. He knows where everything's going on. So, yeah, from there they kind of. Philip had a game plan for what we wanted to do, and he took West down. And where did they go? I don't even remember where they went. Opening morning. They were about a half mile from us. Okay. So
0: there was one big roost between us. They were on the other side of it. We were on one side of it, and we were kind of down in this little bottom, this little draw, and uh, this little open pasture in a draw. So we set up, I mean, you could hear birds gobbling. I mean, it's pitch dark and these birds are just giving it heck. And I'm like, well, we know they're around here. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that was good, you know, that was a good feeling. And we did see them go to roost that afternoon. So we knew they were gonna be there. So we were about 400 yards from where they were roosted. There was just not a good place and we didn't want to get too close on the opening day. So we, like I said, about 400 yards. We put two decoys out, strutter and a hen. And uh, I mean, these birds were on the ground. I hadn't said a peep yet. These birds were on the ground. I'm talking. I couldn't see. I couldn't see the decoys. I don't. Know. I, I could see the decoys.
1: But it was dark. It's the darkest I've ever seen birds go down. It yeah. was super dark. Now it was overcast. But I remember. You know, you're in a new spot. I can't remember what sunset's supposed to be. This or sunrise? Um. I but I remember the next day it being sunny and those birds were not on the ground that early. So yeah. it, no matter overcast or not. They were on the ground early that morning. I don't know why.
0: It was earlier than than they were in Texas. That's crazy. Like, we thought they were on the ground early in Texas. These suckers couldn't see where they were flying, I believe.
1: Yeah, Uh, I mean, we heard them gobbling in the trees, and I told Justin, like, man, they got quiet all of a sudden, and then they were on the ground, and it was dark. It was dark. Not wasting any time.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, I started calling a little bit. They would answer, but there's like 20, 30 hens in there with them, so... I told Grant right then, I said, this is going to be a long morning. We're just going to have to sit here and wait
1: them out. The way he kind of looked at me at that moment, I I told everybody this story. (laughs) If you've seen the movie Step Brothers and he hurts his elbow, Mm -hmm. he's like, I don't know. It's a waiting game at this point. (laughs) That's kind of Justin's mentality at that point because he's so run and gun. I mean, he wants to be on them. Well, out there, as, as much as we don't have cover here right now, it's getting better. But out there, I mean, no cover. Yeah. You've got to get in a ditch or belly crawl across the field. Like, there's no cover. Um, so, yeah, it was a waiting game. And I had – I don't think I had to – I didn't really have to hold you, hold you back. You knew, that, you knew that was probably yeah, our yeah. best opportunity was just to so wait. it was just
0: hard for Justin. He it wanted was, to ride Yeah, it was,
1: it was hard. It was kind of like, you know, when you, you're riding a horse and you're holding the reins and the head's kind of turning. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah that's kind of what it looked like. Yeah.
0: So, But I knew, I knew it from that point. I was like, it's just – they're, they're going to do their thing. Within about an hour, I bet one's going to kind of break off.
1: You talked to them, what, every, you were talking every 15 minutes, maybe 10, 15 minutes? Yeah, and they would
0: stay in the same spot. And then they went quiet for about 40, 45 minutes. And I figured that's probably when they were down there breeding those hens. And um, a little bit after that, about 45, 50 minutes later, they started all started gobbling again. And there was about 10 or 12 of them down there. And they started easing off, getting further and further away. So I'd get a little louder, louder, and start cutting the hens off. And um, I was like, "All right, I'm just gonna sit for a few minutes." About that time, Grant, and, holy smokes! It or it was something. There might have been a curse word or two yeah, in there, but it was not like not Grant. It was like. Yeah, there he is. You know, he's about 350 yards away. You can see the tip of his fan coming over Ooh. the uh coming over great. the
1: hill. Oh, it was beautiful, man. The the field that we were in, it's like I said, it's still pretty much winter time there. It's early spring. It's not a whole lot of green on the ground. So all the sage grass is still really yellow. And I just remember at first I could see the black of his back is actually what I saw first, and then he was strutting. So he I saw the black of his back and then tail fan, and I was just like it's on man it's on like right, don't call. Yeah. so he
0: he came over the that little roll in the field and i called and he gobbled and i mean he came in a half strut run pretty well for about 250 yards wow and i mean came right into the decoys as pretty as could be got him to gobble at the decoys yeah oh. and uh I was more nervous at this point than I have been all year shooting a turkey, and (sighs) you could hear that. (laughs) Oh my gosh, He was breathing. (laughs) Oh, I could
1: hear everything. It was this. To the up to this point, it was probably the most intense hunt that I've been behind the camera on. Just because, I mean, you think about what we're doing in this moment for him, what's going on in his head. I mean, this is closing the chapter on a on a pretty awesome book. So,
0: yeah, it was. I, I said I was so focused on just making a nice clean shot and i wanted to get him right in the head i didn't want to mess up those feathers because i'm yep. doing i want to do my mounts for the my grand slam and i was so focused on that and this bird was just i don't know 15 yards doing his thing still struck that
1: good <laughs>
0: and um, good lord and i i called at him to try to get him out of struck because he, he would not come out he came out a little bit and i bear down on those sides i was aiming for his beak (laughs) and believe it or not i shot right over him my first shot like when i saw that (laughs) so so i didn't fly with my gun Mm -hmm. just because i didn't want to deal with all that phillips here come come the
1: excuses no, it's an excuse. I'm, just,
0: this, I'm getting to the feeling that I felt that morning. So I didn't take my gun. I'm using Phillips. He said, I'm giving you three shells. And I was like, all right, that should be plenty. I always take like 10 shells with me because I've had chances where people use my gun, and right, yep. then there's another bird, and they miss, and you're out of shells. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, that's fine. And right after I pulled the trigger and that bird turned around, I was like, I wish Philip gave me more shells. (laughs) (laughs) That was the first
1: thing that went through my mind, I'm not going to lie. What was going through my mind was like, oh, man, oh, man. Oh, we're going to have to carry this tripod through these mountains. We just had it perfect. Oh, God. No, I'm going, find the bird, find the bird.
0: Yeah, so I I had a follow-up shot on him and ended up knocking him out about five steps later. Um, But
1: Great follow-up shot. I mean, can't – perfect follow-up shot
0: you talk about like emotions like that was just nerve-wracking bird come 300 yards away 15 yards and missing him and follow-up shot and
1: well i remember too you had mentioned when you were down in florida on your osceola you you damaged some neck and, mm. and chest feathers because you aimed a little, and so you were obviously it's your first grand slam trying to get all these birds mounted that kind of thing um uh, so I know that was one thing, too. It's just trying to absolutely dome him. But yeah, I think I just was thinking about
0: it too much, to be honest with you.
1: I'll, for me, too, those Merriams, they're so pretty. He was probably looking at him <laughs> up and over. I don't oh, they're just so sights. pretty, man.
0: Hey, this this was the second bird I've ever missed in my life. The other one was in a turkey competition with $10,000 on <laughs> Um So I think it has to do with just being nervous yeah. and, and thinking about it too much. Thinking uh, about it. Those are the only two birds I missed, and if you're a turkey hunter, it's gonna happen eventually.
1: It so. probably as many birds as you've killed. It probably makes it a little bit more <laughs> s- special, though. Like you'll actually remember this. One. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: I will definitely, definitely remember uh, remember this hunt. Um, so we, I ran out there, got the bird, and we're kind of doing some interviews. And here comes Philip pulling up the road. He's got Emily and Ashley. It's, uh, Emily's his wife. Mm-hmm. Ashley's her friend. From Franklin, yeah, I know actually. and and Indy's in the car, and uh, they pull up on the road, and we're probably 300 yards off the road, and they've and got their know. hands out the windows, and they honk the horn, and this bird gobbles right behind us, right behind us,
1: right behind us,
0: in the field, and so we're trying to tell them to go to the house
1: to come down in this field and try to hunt them. I'm doing out. my best sign language <laughs> slash baseball signals of there's a turkey. 300 yards. I so, was doing spitting and drumming moves, flapping my wings. <laughs> I, was trying good to, at it. I was trying to let them know there's a bird. And as I'm uh-huh. continuing to make movements, they're continuing to holler and, uh-huh. <laughs> and wave their hands out the window. I'm like, uh-huh. no, no, there's a bird. Yeah.
0: So had we have had another tag, we could have killed this yeah. bird. He came right
1: up behind us. Um, oh, I didn't even think about that. I, should, uh, that, I didn't even think about that. We were talking about that earlier, kind of about, Grant, did you think about hunting? And I was like, to be honest, man, I don't know if I'd have had an opportunity with the way everything went. I forgot. That would have probably been (laughs) pretty ideal right there. That probably would have been pretty ideal. We we could (laughs) have slammed. That was
0: all half fan, remember? Yeah,
1: that's all half fan. Big old bird with half a fan. Yep.
0: So that that was opening morning in Colorado, and like I said, closing the chapter on on my Grand Slam, my first ever. And like Grant said, it's been a bucket list, dream of mine. And to have it all on camera is just that much more meaningful. I can share it with with my little boy. You know, he's probably not going to care his first uh, year. But after that, it's going to be ingrained in his head. <laughs> uh, but, no, it was an absolute blast.
1: What kind of led you to wanting to do a Grand Slam? Like, had you... Obviously, turkey hunters, once they get immersed in it, they hear about it. Is there somebody that had done one previously, and like, I want to do that? Or is it just something that you...
0: Well, you know, just growing up, turkey hunting, obviously, you watch Mike Waddell, you watch Primo, you watch all those all those big-time right. names and shows that do it, like, on a yearly basis. It's like they do it every year. I'm like, if I could just do that one time, yep. you know, and I think I was probably... Uh, 14 15 years old when i started driving i was like okay wow i'm gonna do this
1: so this is a 15 year goal that you that you got to mark off that's freaking awesome
0: and i thought once i started driving i was like i'm trying to drive to all these states, but then you're like i need somebody to go with me
1: (laughs) (laughs) i need somebody to bust up that 1200
0: mile drive i mean i grew up hunting by myself um you know a couple of my buddies would go with me here and there but for the majority of the turkeys I've killed, I've been by myself. So, you know, to have other folks with me to experience it, to be able to, you know, record it and share it is that much more, uh, that that wasn't a part of my dream 15 years ago. I was <laughs> like, I want to kill turkeys, you know? <laughs> right. So like I say, to have y'all with me, encourage me along the way it means a lot. So I appreciate it to Austin, Grant, and Jim. I know Jim's not with us this morning, but appreciate it, Jim.
1: Heck yeah. Going down to Florida. I'll start. I can't thank you enough for just letting us be a part of it. Thank you for letting me be my crazy self behind the camera, (laughs) uh, forgetting stuff, and just being in the moment with you. I really appreciate it. It was awesome.
0: We had the essentials. We had gun, calls, camo, and camera. That's right. What did
1: you forget? I'm kind of curious now. So... We were obviously trying to consolidate flying, which now yep. I understand why Caleb says drive, because I was trying to consolidate. Well, I got all every charging thing that I thought I needed, this, that, and the other, besides the drone, char- the actual drone charger. It has to have this adapter because those batteries needs. So I had the adapter, but not the or some type of adapter, but not the adapter to that adapter, <laughs> or something. I don't I, to this moment. I don't know what I'm missing. I'll find that out. Uh, when you find it. When I find it, I'll never forget it again. Um, but yeah, so that that in, inhibited our ability to do some drone shots. But um, I think besides that, I think I, I almost left our camera there when we left <laughs> the 6D because yeah. I had been recording. I'd been recording the chicken and waffles. Yeah. Oh, okay. But anyways, or the turkey and waffles. But no, um, I really appreciate it, man. I know it's been. I'm sure we added some stress to it having camera having. Especially having me there, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that's a whole other factor. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, but I really appreciate it. I really, I'm, I'm happy for you. I really am. Yeah, definitely, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Thanks to you both and and Jim. Heck yeah! Yeah, we we're happy to be part of it, and I was just happy to be part of a grand slam ever really, um, and seeing our turkey on in Texas. I know I joked about that earlier, but it was great going back there. I really yeah. enjoyed that. So it was, it was good company. Trip. Oh yeah. So to. Uh,
0: The rest of the weekend there in Colorado, there were still two folks in camp that have not filled the tag, Indy and Ashley, and um, so after I killed my turkey, a few minutes later it started snowing, so we went back to the house and it started like dumping snow. I'm talking, it was coming down. So anyway, snow cleared, started to get sunny, we were going to take old Indy out go walk around we leave the house and it is clear sunny we get to the end of the driveway and it is dumping snow again
1: literally we walked like 250 (laughs) yards and it just comes out of nowhere and blows my mind
0: and it didn't stop and we walked about a mile and it just kept getting harder and harder winds picked up and I mean, it was like a true blizzard there for a
1: little bit. At least to us.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was like, "This is insane."
1: I'm sure Airbus is there like, "Yeah, it sprinkled some snow. Just <laughs> a normal day for them."
0: <laughs> so it ended up clearing up that night or that afternoon, about three o'clock. And old Indy put the Mohegan sneak on him, no calls, no yep. decoys, and ended up killing one at like ten yards. Man, there you go.
1: Yeah, he got so. him, and he got him. A, that was a good bird too.
0: It was. It was a really, was really good one. bird. Grant, you can tell uh, tell Ashley's story.
1: So Ashley is actually a friend uh, friend of my sister's. who grew up; she grew up playing softball with my sister, so I knew them really well. It was kind of unique to see them in camp because I had no idea she was going to be there. Oh, really? Um, so to see if just another familiar That's face cool. was pretty neat. We knew there were going to be other hunters. You don't typically ask who they are, so. Yeah. Um, but Ashley had her tag. She was ready to go. Um, she was there with us all. You know, every time we got in the truck to go scouting or riding around, she was right there. She was in it the whole time. Got up every morning. Ready to go, Um, but yeah, that so she had to fly out at 2:30 on Sunday, Uh, or she had to leave by 2:30 on Sunday to get to her flight. I mean, 2:30 was like pushing it. Um, Sunday, the weather it was beautiful outside. It was just windy. I mean, we were getting 20, 25, I think, plus gusts. I I mean, it was just it was nuts. The the wind was just constant, and uh, so it made finding locating birds with a call literally impossible. Um Justin and I, we did our due diligence. We walked them up and down draws and trying to do this and that, but trying to get places where maybe there was no wind. and felt like we were
0: elk hunting. Oh, when you yeah. see these p- yeah. the pictures of the countryside, yeah. you're like, Hmm, twenty seven so basically practice for y'all. Yep. Twenty seven degrees. We're climbing these hills in these cedars. Yeah, we should be I told you there was
1: one bulls. moment we were we were I was like I just wish I had my bow and there was a bull bugling somewhere. <laughs> it was beautiful back there. Um but yeah we I mean we we, we tracked Emily was with us. Yeah. Um we were just doing our thing and um just could not find a bird. So uh Phillips got all kinds of property down there, um different ranches, this, that and the other. So it was it it, it was getting down to where we've gotta find a bird to get on. Um, we're going to, to probably see him first. So we just started driving around. Uh, actually, the first time we came up to a farm, there was one at the gate. Um, there was one a little at the gate. Obviously, we couldn't get on him. He's right there at the road. Um, we sat there long enough to where he kind of got used to us, um, but they made their way off down a ditch. So Justin and Ashley got out and tried to kind of make a stalk on him from behind to see if he'd turn around to a fan. He he's like, no, there was a white truck there for too long, you know, that type of thing. So y'all were going for a good bit and got close to him, I think. Yeah, we got close, but just,
0: he got, those birds can climb a mountain like there's nobody's mm-hmm. business. I mean, I thought he was right around the corner, and I get around the corner, and I look up, and he's probably like another 1,000 foot in <laughs> elevation <laughs> above me. I'm like, yeah, well, will let you have this one, buddy. <laughs> I'm going back <laughs> to the truck.
1: So we just continued to kind of drive around, um, and then, I mean, it was like, I'm not exaggerating. Like 2:06. I mean, it just—it was like right at two o'clock, and we're like, "Man, like it's got to happen. It's got to happen." And we come around a corner, and off to the left, there's a strutter with about six hens in a little draw down in this, <laughs> out of the wind. And I mean, we sling the truck around. We back way up. They hop out and they start making a sneak around this. They, around get, this, they get in a ditch, drain, the ditch. Drainage ditch. Yeah. Yep. And start making a sneak on a bird. And like I said, 2:30 was the 2:30 was it? It had to happen by 2:30. It's like 2:26, and we're all getting antsy in the truck, which we knew they had a long way to go. That uh, we knew they had a ways to go. Like 2:26, 2:27. I mean, we're not, we're not hearing nothing. 2:28, we're not hearing nothing. On the clock in the truck, it's 2:31, and we're kind of like, like we're wondering what we need to do uh, if there's anything we, you know, and we hear it. <laughs> i mean and inside the truck we just started hollering and screaming and (laughs) high-fiving we know it's over um so we kind of go back up the road to where we had seen the bird trying to locate them and i don't i don't think they pushed him this he was probably just following those hens but they ended up having to go a little bit even further up and put a sneak on that bird and from recall from what they were telling us i mean they got they got in behind him and uh did some calling to get close but he had a little uh Philip uses almost like a half fan to to fan birds, and she shot him at seven steps. I'm not exaggerating. Still coming. Brian. Still coming. Ooh. Seven steps. Philip was trying to get video of it on his phone, and I guess just accidentally took a photo. But there's a photo of the bird laid out flat, and her gun barrels in the photo, and the bird's like right there. That's a cool shot. I mean, it was seven seven steps. Yep. No exaggeration. She was. They were right on top of him.
0: Seven feet.
1: Yeah, so seven feet. Yeah. I mean, it was right we, there. Oh, we yeah, that's right. She, it. We yeah, it. Emily walked her feet out like foot by foot by foot yeah. by foot. And so, luckily, we were with them in the truck. So, we had all the camera gear um, or most of it. And we took some awesome pictures right there. Mm-hmm. We were able to kind of get the recovery of them talking and her excitement. And I mean, from that point, it was literally like, okay, we've got to go. Yeah, we got thanks. back to the house while Ashley's inside packing the rest of her stuff. We're out there getting the bird ready. She runs out, smiles. And literally hops in the car and goes to the airport. Yeah,
0: car was already packed. Yep, man, I can't so get was, much closer. Than I that. knew it was going to be a close call. And
1: I think what Emily was saying when she got to the airport. I mean, it was like obviously by the time she got to her gate, they were like calling, "Where is Ashley? Where is that? You know, calling her name." <laughs> yeah. So she. Yep. Yep. Oh, by yep. the way, thank you for uh, for letting us have your bird, Ashley. <laughs> it yeah. was delicious. It was de- it
0: was perfect with those waffles <laughs> oh, Monday afternoon. What was that? Monday afternoon.
1: Yeah, Monday yep. afternoon. Yep.
0: And so the, yeah, the bird, the, I've never seen it. This bird actually had one white wing feather, that just one solid white wing feather. Oh, that's pretty. So oh, it was, it was
1: beautiful. Yeah, calm. we didn't realize that we were getting setting her up for pictures there in the woods, and they kind of split a fan out or split her wing out, and I just started like, oh, I was oh my gosh, and pretty hard. <laughs> um, it was just, it was beautiful. That was a beautiful bird, and that's that's the thing about those merriams. Um, they're not they are not impressive when it comes to beard and spurs never I don't think they ever will be with the the environment that they live in um but I don't goodness. think we killed
0: a single bird with spurs with yeah we killed two without beards yep. well they had beard rot, beard rot.
1: Mine, mine had beard rot but yep it was just but that tail fan is just something to behold man it's it's incredible that those white tips so and then pretty're they're, they're so beautiful and uh I don't know if you noticed it but Merriam's, their head's so crimson when they get upset. It's very it's a much, much deeper purpley red mm-hmm. um when they get upset or whenever they're trying to be the be the man. So so deep and crimson. But they're beautiful birds and then to thank the country that they live in, it's they're beautiful birds and then they're in they're probably in the most in the prettiest place you can hunt turkeys out west.
0: <coughs> and they probably are uh they probably are uh, exposed to the, probably the worst of the worst yep. conditions for tough as tem- birds
1: temperatures. Yeah, tough birds. Philip was saying that uh, on average, a Merriam's has twenty to twenty five percent more feathers. Um, makes and makes sense. Yeah, for all for what they go through. I mean, you look at it too. They obviously they're roosting and you know they're roosting down there, and you can imagine they're they're roosting in the wintertime. I mean, it's in the negatives. It's way down for there for weeks for God. weeks at a time, and they're elevated. You know, I don't know how they do it. I've heard stories of, you know, f- flash freezes and things like that coming through and literally birds d- like being dead in the trees. Um, so they're, they are tough. But the wildlife in general out there, we saw mule deer for days, man. At like
0: 20 yards. That's some, awesome some little experience. younger
1: bucks still holding their horns.
0: Yeah, we saw a big, was it 5 by 5 yeah. 6 by 5 something like that, big bull elk still holding his horns with like 20 cows. Wow. Yeah, They saw a bear a few days before we got there on the property. A big bear. Biggest big bear, bear I've ever seen. Looked
1: like a Volkswagen bug. Oh, yeah. my
0: God. Um, That's not scary at all. What else <laughs> did we see? I think that was pretty well the... A bunch
1: of waterfowl because there's some water down in there. Yeah. Saw ducks and geese okay. all the time. Um, oh, and then the wild horses.
0: Oh, yeah. Wild well, mustangs were, yeah. like, on the property. This sounds like a little
1: slice of heaven, y'all, right? Oh, there. dude. I'm telling you. Big Bone, that little area that he's got down in there... It's one. It's probably one of the prettiest places I've ever been able to hunt. Yeah, I agree. Um, the views, um, and then just his overall setup too.
0: Yeah, and, and the cooking. The cooking, man, Emily yeah. Sharp can can sure turn it up. Yes. And, and you know she she probably was doing her every. This is what I do every day, but right. oof, it was good.
1: Yeah, tell me about those turkey and waffles. Those look.
0: Dude. Yeah, so we got up, we got up, you know, we started packing everything up. We had to leave by like 1230, and we knew phil has been messing with this bird in there. He's like, what do y'all think about chicken and wa- or, uh, turkey and waffles? I was like,
1: don't ask me <laughs> twice. Sign me up. You take me out of that arm lock now, I'll eat it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so yeah, they started making
1: He started dice- waffles. started dicing that uh, turkey breast up, and then... Battered it and fried it up. They were they were tag teaming it. He was working on the turkey and Emily's over there stirring up and cooking waffles. And then before you know it, I mean, in just a few minutes, we had fried turkey and waffles. I mean, fresh turkey. Um, I'll be honest. I was gonna. I was kind of like, I don't know. I've never done something like this. We'll just see. It was delicious. I mean, it really it really was really oh, yeah. good. Super right. tender.
0: Um, well, he brined it for about 24 hours. Okay,
1: so he did brine it. Yeah. Okay. okay. So yeah, and it was it was delicious. Just Probably one of the better breakfasts I've had. That's good stuff. I may have to try that here. But yeah, like
0: I said, huge thanks to Philip and and Emily at Big Bone Outfitters. They were absolutely great. You know, anything we need, they had. Let me use their gun. Let me hunt their turkeys. We ate a bunch of food and had a great time. Played a played a new game called Nails.
1: Have um, you ever played Nails? I've never heard of it. We're, oh it. man. We'll
0: have to teach people you need about a case of beer
1: oh, okay <laughs> yeah you need about it per person no <laughs> no no yeah you need about a 24 pack if you got like you know five, four, five, six guys um, and then uh, I don't know if you've got one indie <laughs> that, that that throws a little kinky to the equation <laughs> but no you take a nail you got a stump like a splitting stump uh-huh and you take a nail and you ta- just kind of tack it into where you can start hammering it and then you literally take the hammer and you flip it and you catch it, and where, however you catch it on that grip is how you have to hit it. And it's supposed to be pretty quick—like flip it, catch it, hit. Right? Yeah. So if you <laughs> yeah. miss, if you miss or like bend the nail or all there's all different. Drop your hammer. Drop your hammer if you don't catch the hammer. It, it's it's a drinking game. You drink. So um, yeah, that's 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 nails. I like it. That's what the
0: ranchers play out there. I was about to say, you start dropping that hammer after a few
1: beers. Dude, <laughs> I about took my shin off several times. Because <laughs> you try and play, like if you, you, know, you miss or have a bad hit, the next one you try and make up, mm-hmm. right? So you start swinging harder and much less accurate. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so yeah, we'll, 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 we'll experiment with that. But huge thanks to everybody out there. Uh, you know, Indy was there, Ashley, Philip, Emily, and then, you know, Grant making it all happen. I appreciate it. I know eighth and time as a whole, we appreciate it, guys.
1: So that's a good way to wrap up here, uh, the slam for Mr. Justin Hill. Um, A couple things we got coming up. we got Chuck Belmore and uh, Caleb Copeland with the Habit TV that will be in town with us this coming week looking forward to getting them on the podcast and also maybe getting them on an eastern bird here in tennessee or maybe one or two we'll see we'll see how how we're feeling about it but um, also we'd love to do kind of a question and answer podcast we get questions and um, just input and feedback from you guys all the time so we'll start racking up some of that stuff but if you want to respond to this podcast with some questions and feedback that we can start uh, relating back to you guys we'd love to do that But thank you so much for tuning in. Um, This was episode 11. The the Grand Slam is complete for Mr. Hill. Congrats again, man. We we love you. Um, But, yeah, if you like it, rate it. If you love it, leave a review. Be sure to share and subscribe. Thanks for meeting us here on the crossroads here at the 8th and Time Podcast. See you guys next week.